ever wondered how taboo, shame, and lack of good sexual education have stripped away elements of pleasure in childbirth and parenting that are essential to loving, intimate relationships? Join me for another episode of Orgasmic Birth Podcast, Pleasure in Pregnancy, Birth, and Parenting, as we break down and heal barriers and open the door to more love and intimacy in birth and life. When you think about your birth team, if you're giving birth in a hospital, nurses play an important role and they hold a place in your birth memory forever with their words and care. And yet, you only meet them once you're in labor. My guest today is going to share her insights about what she wishes all her clients knew to help you to have a positive, pleasurable birth. Hi, I'm Deborah Pascali Bonaro, founder and director of Orgasmic Birth and host of the Orgasmic Birth podcast. My guest today that I'm so honored to welcome is Jen Hamilton. Her career as a labor and delivery nurse looks different than most other nurses in our field. She has over 3 million TikTok followers. Jen Hamilton is using social media to transform maternal health care. Featured in news media like the New York Times, CNN, Jen's mission is to prevent birth trauma, dispel labor and birth myths, and empower patients with evidence-based information. Her engaging and informative content has made her a trusted voice in the field, bridging the gap between patients and healthcare providers. She's a mom of two boys and two indoor chickens that wear diapers. She and her husband raised their flock in central North Carolina. She spends every weekend at the bedside caring for laboring patients and their families. Though she travels the country sharing her message of improved maternal care, she has no plans to stop for bedside work. Welcome. It is wonderful to have you here with us, Jen. I am so honored to be here. So I know as a labor and delivery nurse, right, you see such a variety of births and you also have so much experience in meeting people right where they're at. And with our brand of orgasmic birth and pleasure, I'd love to ask you some of your insights of how people can bring more joy, connection, and pleasure to birth, especially when they're birthing in a hospital. I think that one thing that kind of takes away from the pleasure is the fear of something going wrong, right? Whenever you come to the hospital, there's, you know, you're in a, an unfamiliar place. You may have never been there before. And there is this fear of the unknown. So I always tell people that the best way to take that fear away is to prepare, right? And even whenever I'm going to speak at places, I always the night before, if I can go and just be in the space just so I can like imagine it and picture it. I think that doing the same thing with birth and imagining what it's going to be like and picturing it in all different scenarios is so important to being able to connect with the pleasure of being there. Because yes, it can be very scary, but you, when you choose your birth team, you've picked out your provider. Yes, you're going to meet your labor delivery nurse day of, and that can be kind of scary. But as long as you have that trusting team and you're doing preparation on the front end, 
that can take away so much fear that you may have. Yeah, great tip. And, you know, hospitals always have tours, right? So people can really get in there and look around. And I know that I see a lot of clients, like they see that hospital room and that gives them like, oh my goodness. How can they help transform that space into more active space, into a space that feels more home-like? I love it when patients prepare for this uh, because it just sets the vibes. Like it totally transforms this sterile, uh, white environment into something that feels more comfortable. And it also feels more comfortable for us as nurses if we can come into a space that you feel comfortable in. So I see people bringing in like little twinkly lights. Those are so nice because we can turn off the main lights in the room but still have that soft glow of comfort. People also have brought in like the flameless candles and have them around the room. Love that. It just sets a romantic tone. People can bring in their own like essential oil diffusers or some kind of scent diffuse thing to where they, I had a girl last week who brought in the same scent as in her home. So it wasn't necessarily essential oils, but it was like a melting wax thing. No flames or anything because you can't have that in the hospital. But she felt so comfortable in that space and it smelled like Christmas. And it was so wonderful for me, even as a nurse, to walk in and smell Christmas time. I've also seen people bring in, I have one of these for my children. I don't even know what they're called, but it's like a thing that you plug in and it's like a light projector, but of stars and stuff. It's like a galaxy projector. Yeah. And those are so cool. Yeah bringing in your own linens from home. And I don't mean like you have to have like the sheets or whatever, but having a blanket that you feel comfortable in that you would snuggle up on the couch with that you don't mind washing at some point because birth is very wet or even going down to Marshall's and finding a very cozy blanket that you would like to use to have that comfort while you're kind of in labor bringing your own pillows because our pillows suck really fast. They're not comfortable at all. Having your own linens, having your own birth outfit that you want to wear, all of those things can kind of bring home into the hospital. And I love it when patients do that because it tells me that they know what is comforting to them and I can help you to even achieve a greater level of comfort in the hospital if we work together to set those vibes. Great tips. And, you know, all these help, as we know, right? We talk about that labor is so much about running our hormones, getting oxytocin and prolactin and beta endorphin. And we've talked with Dr. Sarah Buckley on other podcasts about this and how much, you know, making a baby needs the same environment as birthing a baby. So you did such a good job of creating that intimate environment. So yeah, add one more thing. It came up to my brain whenever you're saying that, but the, another thing that I know that you've seen or heard is that if you do not feel safe in the environment that you are, you can have what we call a labor dystocia where your body refuses to move forward in labor until you find that safety or until your body can't take it anymore. So I've had patients who maybe have been trying to get into labor for days. They've been in this like prodromal situation and I come in 
and, you know, they're laying in the same linens that they have been for a few days, or they haven't changed their gown or their hair is greasy or they feel bad. And so one of my favorite things to do is to come in those situations and do a complete reset. Like we're going to stop everything. We're going to figure out what makes you feel safe, what makes you feel comfortable. We will get a shower. We will, if they can't get up out of the bed, I've taken, we have like a little, it's called the under butt drape, but it's the thing we put under your butt to catch all the wetness that comes out whenever you have your baby. I, I will take that, slide them all the way to the top of the bed, put that underneath their head and give them the longest, most relaxing head scalp shampoo massage. Because I think that just that in and of itself, the relaxing of your body to the melting into the bed, just letting go of all that stress can turn a situation that was scary and maybe your body was like, I'm not going to do labor because I'm, I am fearful into a body that feels safe enough to continue into labor. I love that. And just like, oh, when you said the head massage, mm-hmm. like, I want you know, one. Everybody's going to be like, what hospital are you at? <laughs> my nurse. But I love the idea of the way you said a reset and also really emphasize that feeling safe is so important, right? Our bodies are not going to open to birth on any level without that. And I know the other thing is feeling private. And I get asked all the time, like, how am I going to find private moments if I want to, you know, be intimate with my partner or we just want the privacy to be just the two of us for a bit? Do you have any tips? How can they do that in a hospital without, you know, offending anyone. We want to yeah. come our team and make sure everyone's welcome, but also still have some private moments. Yeah. So one thing that can help clients or patients to find those private moments is to include your birth team in the planning of them. Nurses, we can kind of get our panties in a twist if we feel like we can't do the things that we need to do to keep you safe medically. But there are things that, yes, we have to abide by in policy and procedure, which, by the way, policy is not law. I just have to say that. You know, sometimes you can say no to things. Actually, all of that, all the time you can say no to things. But including your birth team in that conversation of like, how could we work together to find, you know, some time, maybe like an hour or so that my partner and I can just be alone? And I would never be offended by that as a nurse. And I think that we can absolutely have those moments. In fact, so I worked last on Sunday and I had a patient who came in whose plan was to have a water birth. This was her third baby. And she came in having her had her water broke at five weeks early. So water birth was no longer on the table for her because of the prematurity of her baby. But at the same time, she also did not want any medical interventions, right? Like her water had been broken for over, we were knocking on 24 hours and her body had not gone into labor and she was not wanting any Pitocin or any kind of induction techniques. And I said, listen, girl, I'm going to step up out of here. And there are some things that you can do on your own with your partner that I said, the same way that baby got in is the same way that baby can help to come out. So I'm going to make sure that you stay private and that you have some time. 
I will let you know by knocking very loud for a long time if there's something that I need to come in and do. But I want you to have that private moment. And if even if they're not doing kissy, kissy, lovey-dovey things, even just feeling safe with your partner in a space can help that birth process. So including your birth team on that will help you to have less of like the animosity or whatever that sometimes people fear whenever you kind of want to explain your birth preferences to people. Yeah. Thank you. And it's so important because we want everybody feeling like we're working together, right? That team approach. It's so, I like how you said that, and I'm sure that's going to help a lot of people to make sure they can still ask for that, but in a way that's including and honoring their team as well. Now, I know you see a lot of births and probably a lot of tips of people that really are finding more comfort and pleasure. What are some things that you recommend that people can prepare with and do in birth to have more comfort and a little pleasure along the way? One thing that I think is very important is choosing your support partner wisely. There are many times that your partner may not all be always the person that is there to be comforting to you. And you may lose out on a lot of just basic pleasure in birth because of dealing with whoever your support partner is. So I, if your support person is or your partner is a safe place for you and you feel comfortable and confident in being in these moments with them, that is wonderful. Bring that person. Uh, but I have had many patients who expect birth to be a romantic, love-inducing situation when their partner has not shown themselves to be capable of that, if that makes sense. And you have these really high expectations that Dwayne is going to, you know, be rubbing your back and Dwayne is going to be, you know, kissing your ears and maybe that's not him. But the, what I'd say to people is I want you to think about how your partner treats you when you are sick, because that is the kind of love, care, and attention that they usually have when you're going into labor. So if your partner is somebody who takes such good care of you whenever you're sick and make sure that you have, you know, space to heal and feel better, that's wonderful. Bring that person. And that is a great opportunity for this romantic situation. But expecting a romantic situation for someone who has not been capable of showing that to you can not only take away from the pleasure of birth, but can also lead to some birth trauma or lead to, you know, just some really serious disappointment that you have in the expectations that you've had of what labor would cause your partner to do instead of actually end up doing. So I think choosing your partner wisely and not always thinking that it has to be the baby's biological person, I think is number one, but also knowing the physical sensations that are comforting to you and expressing those, right? So for instance, for me, love it when someone rubs my back, but I hate it when someone touches my hair. So like the, you got to know the things that are comforting, but also the things that are not and expressing those not only to your partner, but also to your care team. 
Because me as a nurse, if I see someone like myself, right, in labor, having a hard time, and I'm wanting to give comfort to someone, I could easily like start playing with their hair or rubbing their head. And for me, that is like nails on a chalkboard and it drives me crazy. But I would, and then there's this, you know, expectation of like, I feel like I can't tell that person that because they're trying to help me, you know? So I think being clear about the physical sensations that are both pleasuring to you, but also the opposite of that is very important. So I ask my patients early on, like, if we get into a situation today where you are seeking physical pleasure or physical comfort, what would that look like? And not being afraid to say, you know, what you don't like or also what you do like. So like, hey, I really like a cool rag on my head or I really like for someone to scratch my back or rub my back, but don't touch me in this way. It kind of reminds me of like my cats love like the head rub or whatever. But once you get down to their like the butt part, like that is not comforting to them anymore. So know what's what's pleasurable to you and also explore that during your pregnancy because you may find that things that were comforting to you before don't feel as great when you're pregnant. So knowing what those things are, exploring them if you don't know, saying what confidently what is pleasuring and not pleasuring to you and also not being afraid to change your mind in the moment and having that voice to speak up and say, hey, like, actually, I don't like that anymore. I think those are all great ways that people can kind of get in tune with the pleasure side of birth. Yeah, I love that. And but I have to say it, I'm sure some people are thinking it, you know, when you know it's not your partner, that's hard, right? Yeah. But I think so important to know and have realistic expectations as I know you talk a lot and I do too about birth trauma and often that's you know unmet desires or things you anticipate that don't happen in the way you're thinking so really being clear with your partner or whoever is your support which leads me to ask you like what do you think about doulas and how do doulas fit into the comfort and pleasure either with or without a partner based on what you've identified. I love a doula so much. Having a doula not only makes your labor experience better just all around, but it also helps you to have like a care team who hears what you're saying, if that makes sense. Having a doula in this space, I read a quote from a doctor one time and the The quote sounded bad in the beginning, but you'll get to the end. But it says, having a doula is like being watched by big brother. And I was like, that's kind of like a weird quote. But they said it it causes them to want to be their most compassionate, empathetic selves because they have someone there who is an expert in that. So it's kind of like having that extra security in having someone who knows what you want, can help you to advocate, can help you to explore different options, can help with position changes and comfort measures. I just think it's like having a birth best friend who gets it. They understand what birth is and what is what birth is going to be. They can help you anticipate things. I love walking into my patients' rooms and seeing a doula on the team. Well, you know, my heart singing with that answer. Yeah. I do have to say the beginning of that quote had me also go, yeah, like what? Where are we going? Yeah. yeah. But 
Thank you for that, because it, it is nice to hear. We know that more and more nurses and doctors and midwives are really appreciating doulas and as we can become part of the team. So it's so nice to hear and see the collaboration and how together we can make birth better. So I have to say, we talked before we started about what is orgasmic birth and that it's really broad and defined by each person and how they can weave so much of what you talked about, you know, privacy and safety and intimacy and comfort and the support team that they want. Often do you feel those kind of births are happening in hospital today? And do you have any tips for people that are like, I really want this pleasurable, joyful approach to birth? But, you know, for me, safest is a hospital. How can I make that happen? Preparation is key. And not just preparation in thinking about what do I want on my birth plan? Sure, that's important. But I think the biggest factor in having a pleasurable birth is the mental preparation that you have to do in order to anticipate the sensations that you are going to feel in labor. I remember for my first child kind of going into it like, yeah, I don't think I'll need an epidural. Like I, I see it on TV, like it goes quick, you know, it'll probably be fine. I had no idea that my body was capable of the sensations that I experienced in birth. My dad actually came to visit me in labor and I didn't know that he did because he walked in and he walked right back out. And he came out and said there was an exorcism going on in there. He didn't want to be a part of it. So I did no mental preparation for what I was about to endure. And the people that I see who have the most pleasurable births are the ones that did the mental prep before and are able to pivot what their body needs in the moment. So kind of that intuitively feeling what their body is feeling and moving with that. I always recommend that, you know, more than saying like, oh, I want to deliver on hands and knees or, oh, I really want to use laughing gas or more than those in the moment birth preferences. It is being able to withstand short bursts of intense pain and knowing that there is an end to it. So in every sensation of pain that you may experience is a sensation of progress. And so having that in your mind that this pain is pleasurable because I know that it's bringing me closer to my baby. So that mental shift. So I have patients who come in that say, you know, I've been doing wall sits, you know, for a minute at a time, or, oh, I've been holding, you know, a a thing of ice in my hand for a minute, just trying to prepare of how I can cope mentally with each sensation that doesn't feel great, knowing that each sensation is bringing me closer to my baby. So it's never a birth plan thing. It's never a, I mean, these things all play into it, but it's never riding on the birth plan. It's never riding on the support person. It's riding on that person's mental preparation for what they will experience. And also knowing that 
you know, if you've never experienced maybe an unmedicated birth before, that you will be surprised. No matter what happens, no matter what you feel, it will never be exactly what you thought. And accepting that and knowing that you still are capable, you know, like, because they're that transition moment that gets a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. you, feel, you feel like you, you might not make it. But knowing that you are capable and you have prepared and that every sensation of pain has a purpose. Beautifully said. Such beautiful advice. Everyone that's listening, re-listen to Jen's words on that. And you've given so many tips that if you just had to give one last thing, one thing that's important for someone that might be listening, that's preparing for a birth, what do you want to say to them if they're coming up to their due date? More than a birth plan, I want you to be thinking about birth vibes. I want you to think about how you want to be treated. I want you to think about how you want to feel how you want to be communicated with. And all of those things, no matter what happens in your birth, if you know the way that you want to feel in those aspects, you can have a very, on the outside, maybe a traumatic birth, right? It could end in an emergency C-section, but you could leave that experience feeling empowered, feeling heard, feeling respected, feeling listened to, just because you prioritize the way that your body and your mind takes in information and how you can best be cared for in that way. So think about those things, write those things down, the things that feel comforting to you, the things that don't feel comforting to you, the things that would be triggering to you. All of those pieces of information are so important to give to your care team over like all of the things that you would write in your birth plan anyways, it's those things that are going to guarantee that you leave your birth feeling respected, empowered, loved, cared for. Thank you so much, Jen, for sharing your wealth of wisdom and experience. And I know for everyone listening, they're like, how can we follow you? Especially with three million viewers on TikTok, but where is the best ways people can follow you? And also you know, share any offerings that you have that people could engage with. Yeah. So I am mainly on TikTok. And if you just type in Jen Hamilton, you'll find me. But I am also on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. I'm trying to get into YouTube. But my offerings that I have are pretty much, I will try my hardest to answer all the questions that people have in video format. I also have a birth vibes free template on my link tree. If you go to either my Instagram or my TikTok and you click on my link tree, it's a template that's set up like a birth plan, but will allow you to write down the things that are comforting to you and not comforting to you that you can give to your care team whenever you go to have a baby. I love it. And I like the name too, birth vibes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you to all our listeners. We always love to hear what your favorite takeaway is. Please tag us at Orgasmic Birth and tag Jen Hamilton too. And we hope that you'll follow us for our next episode of the Orgasmic Birth Podcast.
podcast. Wishing you all a pleasurable day. Thanks for listening to the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more about pleasure in birth parenting and birth work, visit orgasmicbirth.com forward slash more for my free gifts. And please leave a review about your experience. Reviews help us to reach more people and please subscribe.